This podcast is a 98 Studios production. Hey, it's Christy. Welcome back to Do The Work. Today and every day, we will talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do The Work. We're right close to Christmas, and I hope that your Christmas season is full of so many good things. Shopping, cooking, preparing, and mostly connecting. I wondered if you were wondering what to get me for Christmas, and I thought I'd just say it right out. I'd love a five-star rating and a written review on the platform that you listen to this podcast. You don't even have to wrap it. Just kidding. <laughs> the looks are... <laughs> Zach, Zach, go leave me a review. But truly, thank you so much to each of you that have taken the time to rate and review this podcast. It helps us reach individuals that we could not otherwise reach. The purpose for this podcast is to help others learn how to better connect with themselves, with others, and with God. We are whole individuals. We're physical, social, emotional, and spiritual beings. When we neglect any part of us, we disconnect from ourselves. A very common practice that I do when a client walks into my office, I'll invite them. Almost one of the first things we do, I'll say, let's do a check-in. The first couple times we do this, I have a pillow on my couch that's a feeling wheel because so many people, they don't have language for how they feel. And so I'll say, how do you feel physically? And they'll say good. And I'll say, well, good's not a feeling. So will you think, will you look at that feeling wheel and see how you feel? And then I'll say, how do you feel socially? How do you feel spiritually? How do you feel emotionally? My hope is that they'll become really good at recognizing and understanding how they're feeling and where their feelings come from. Because when we, rec- when we can acknowledge and recognize that, then we can address all of us. At the beginning, it's not uncommon when I say, how do you feel spiritually, that they talk about how what they're doing or what they're not doing. Well, I don't really pray or... I'm not good at reading my scriptures or I haven't been to church. And I'll say, wait a minute. I'm not talking about religiously. I'm talking about spiritually, your connection with God, your connection with the source of where your value comes from, where your worth is centered. How do you feel spiritually? And that is a sweet experience for some people to say, I don't believe in God. Or I haven't prayed or talked or even thought about him for a long time. And then I will always invite them. I will, I will help them understand that whole person experience again, that you are a physical, spiritual, social, intellectual, and emotional person. And it's a sweet conversation, especially with people who don't believe in God, to help them find something that is bigger than them, that is more powerful than they are or any human. So today on the podcast, it's going to be a little different, and I'm excited about it. I've invited a very gifted musician and a new friend, Kenneth Cope, to sit with me today because I want to talk about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the reason we celebrate Christmas. Kenneth, welcome. Thank you, Christy. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad you're here. How are you feeling? 
Feeling good. good. Feeling, and that's not a feeling, no. no. <laughs> oh, yeah, good catch. <laughs> I was going to let you get away with it. <laughs> no, I feel relaxed. Do you? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. I feel really grateful to have you here. Um, have you ever been on a podcast? Yes. Okay. Can we find it? Sure. How do we find it? <laughs> just podcast? I just did one for Paul Cardall. I've done oh. uh, one for uh, Scott Anderson, his wife, Angel. Just, oh, you know, yeah. that's awesome. Good. I'm going to go find him. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would have listened to him before. Let me tell you a little bit about Kenneth. Kenneth tells us his purpose when he says, I was born to point people to God, to give them hope and a true sense of their immeasurable value in the eyes of their heavenly parents and their Redeemer. Through song, through words, through every medium available to me, I am to proclaim my Lord's glorious gospel and do the greatest good I possibly can to my fellow human beings. And while I have all these artistic tools for my use, I am to accomplish my purpose through love. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's really beautiful. Kenneth was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, the third of six children. He grew up mostly in Houston, Texas, where he attended the high school for the performing and visual arts. He later served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Switzerland and France. That's awesome. Yeah, tough mission, but yeah. beautiful and, and really beautiful people that we were able to connect yeah. with. Tough because people weren't interested in the message you were sharing. Yeah, you spent a lot of time searching for people. Yeah. Yeah. He began his musical career by writing and recording the 1986, especially, you're in my era right now, 86, <laughs> I'm killing it as a sophomore at Timview High School, <laughs> especially for youth, theme song, and I guarantee you I knew it. And when I never went to EFY because we couldn't afford EFY, but I knew all the stuff that happened there. That's <laughs> was, awesome. And we lived right by BYU, so we kind of watched from a distance. Um, he went on to compose more than 25 songs for the EFY program. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It's great to be involved with it like that. I bet. Just, it is a great program. It was a great program and so grateful to have participated. I love so much that now they've made it available to everybody. Yeah. With FSY. Yeah. For the strength of youth. Yeah. It's fantastic. And we're talking about a youth program inside of the church. We both belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they have they have a conference at Brigham Young University where, where youth, high school age youth could come and participate in classes and dances and just gather together to have to talk about things that really matter and to connect with other people. And it used to cost money, a lot of money, it felt like as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now the, ch- the church has created um, a way that all youth can attend. So I that makes me happy. I really love that. Yeah. We'll keep talking about you, Kenneth, and get out of EFY in my childhood. <laughs> okay. Kenneth has produced 12 albums of his own, including Greater Than Us All, My Servant Joseph, and Woman at the Well. Loved every one of those. Some of his most known and beloved songs are His Hands, Never a Better Hero, Face to Face, Eden's Garden, What Have I Done with His Name, Broken, and Gethsemane. Kenneth has most recently created a dramatic two-act musical for the stage about the life of Jesus Christ, titled Son of Man. Kenneth says, I strongly believe that if we're doing with our lives those things which God has sent us here to do, he will open the way for us to continue in our path and consistently bring about more good in this world. Recognizing Kenneth's achievements, the Faith-Centered Music Association and the Latter-day Saint Booksellers Association— have honored him with numerous awards over the years, including Male Vocalist of the Year, Songwriter of the Year, and Album of the Year. 
Kenneth lives with his wife, Kathy, in Mill Creek, Utah. Welcome, Kenneth, again. Thank you, Christy. So excited to have this conversation. As I've alluded already, I have been a big fan of your work for a long time. Your album, Greater Than Us All, was a very regular listen for me at a very painful time in my life when I was just learning. I grew up, I was born and raised in a family, um, a religious family. But I don't think I came to know Jesus Christ until I had certain experiences in my life when I thought, I, I'm not, I can't do this alone. <laughs> this, is, this is heavier and bigger, bigger than me. And your music, truly, it feels kind of surreal to be sitting here with you, but listening to your music teach me about who Jesus Christ was, um, was part of my healing. It was part of my growing and, and stretching through this, um, the, not just that experience, but others as well. So they were constant, gentle reminders to me of who Jesus Christ really is. So thank you. Mm. Thank you so much for that. Do you hear that a lot? Do you have people come up to you and say? Yeah, I mean, I get some sweet emails and from time to time in person, mm -hmm. a letter in the mail, mm -hmm. you know. But it's it's really great because people thank me, but it's really Jesus that's doing it. And it's not just because he's given me talents and he's strengthened me and inspired me. But it's like I took what he would give me and then sent it out into the world. And then he, according to his timing and when he knows it's going to do the most good, puts it in the path of someone. Mm -hmm. They open themselves to it. And then he blesses them and makes them feel him and feel his love mm -hmm. and understand things that maybe they didn't understand before. So he's the one that's doing all the great work. Yeah. I've just worked hard to have his inspiration to create means through which he can work to help people. I believe you. I That is exactly what happened to me. Someone from out of state sent me your CD and said, listen to this. And it, I mean, it just was something else. Like uh, th that exact thing happened. Just someone gave it, put it into my life f as a gift. And it was a gift, mm -hmm. continues to be a gift. I, in fact, I loved listening to it this morning as I was preparing for my morning. Go into wherever you listen to music and pull up Kenneth Cope and listen. Just listen. Listen to the words and listen and feel. If you want to know Jesus Christ and feel his love, listen and feel with your music. So that's my first invitation mm. to those that are listening. But I want to talk with you today, especially about your most recent work, Son of Man. My father passed away recently, and I had listened to the, it's a, how long is it? Three hours? It's two hours and 39 minutes of music, straight yeah. music. Straight music. Mm -hmm. I know, it's so glorious. But it's not just music, you have a book that goes with it as well. Right. Um, I found that as I, would present some of it to others. This, I've been working on this for 24 years. So it means back in 1999, I start writing these songs about Jesus' life. I, I'd written um, Greater Than Us All in 88 and recorded it in 89. So 10, 10 or 11 years have gone by. And I really spent a lot of time over the course of those 10 or 11 years focusing on Christ, searching the scriptures, trying to understand him, trying to understand him today, not just what he did then, not just the atonement, the, that he did for us, but what he's doing for us today. I really wanted to understand more and more of that. And so I felt like I had become over those 10, 11 years, a, 
a better writer and also felt like I would, might be able to become a better communicator of the thoughts that I had now learned. So I thought, I'm going to now do kind of an update kind of thing. I'm going to do some right. newer songs about Christ. And as I worked on them, it became evident to me that this needed to be a musical because it wasn't just us. Like Greater Than Us All is us here today, mostly. One of the songs is back in the day when Christ was alive. It's a song of Mary and Joseph. But most of the songs in Greater Than Us All are us here looking back. But these songs started to become Christ there present in his day. So it was Peter looking at Christ. It was Mary Magdalene saying what Jesus, how he changed her and what happened to her. It's all these different views of people in his day. And so it just felt like this is a different approach and it needs to be a musical. So I just kept work on it and uh, it took, it's a ton of money to do the full orchestral choir 50 soloists. 50? It, yeah, 50 different solo voices. It's, a, it's you know, just, and the time that it takes to do that, the recording, we probably spent over twelve to 1,500 hours in the studio. Oh. And so it's just all the time that it's taken to get it finished. So that's what it looks like for 24 years. Oh, my word. And raising the money to do it because the record company couldn't. That's they just didn't feel faith. like they, they couldn't yeah. feel like they could afford that that venture, right? So just lots of people have come forward and helped. I had a Kickstarter that helped raise a lot of money. Other people have come forward and it's just been able to continue to finish the product. So anyway, as I was saying about the book, I had the music and I found that as I pre- presented some of the music as I was with someone in their home or whatever, that if I would tell them what was happening on stage that they could see it in their head and it would help them connect even more. Mm-hmm. And so five years ago, I did this, I pr- produced a photo shoot with actors in period costumes, great photographer and lighting person, makeup people to just to have a resource for marketing. I yeah. wanted to like do all these billboards or whatever. Yeah. And that didn't happen. But the idea came to me last year to do this book and put all those images, not all of them, but some of those images in the book with all of the lyrics, all of the scene descriptions, so that as people are going through the musical listening, they're going through the book, reading, looking, and they start to see the musical, they start to see the story unfold in their mind through their imaginations. And it's, I think it's a crucial component to experiencing the story of Son of Man as it was created is to have this book. So this book was created. And if you get the book, you get all the music. It's part of the price. You know what I mean? So it was just my way of trying to get, and it's, I think it's quite inexpensive, my way of trying to get it into the hands of as many people. I want people to have the experience. Music, you can listen to it in the background. We do all the time, right? But I wanted them to just one time have the experience of going through the the whole musical with the book so that they could feel Jesus' spirit descend upon them in this really beautiful way. And that's kind of the reason why it's all been put together the way it was. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I agree. But to sit and see the photos, beautiful, beautiful photos. Yes, beautiful. And to say, um, there's parts where you'll say, you know, Jesus is walking away and he smiles at so-and-so as he walks away or like you're giving us the visual. Yeah. I think you were absolutely inspired. It is really sweet to listen 
By the way, this is not just someone singing a song. It's like a full orchestra. Is it? I don't know. It's like yeah. everything. Yeah. Backup singer. I all the, I don't know what goes yeah, into yeah, producing yeah. something like this. But when I was listening to the end of it the other day, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is a full production. Yeah. I got that feeling as I was listening to it. And part of that comes from, you know, on page 191, there's a song called Lift It Up. But the narrative is nails are driven into Jesus's hands and feet. A sickened and somber crowd looks on. Like it gives you the visual, like you're watching something. Right. It's really brilliant. It really is so beautiful. Well, thank you so much. So beautiful. Especially in that song, you hear... You hear the hammering of nails. That's powerful. Okay. Yeah, and even that I tried to do musically. You did. You so, did. So that it was, there was a tempo to it, so that it had a feeling like it was taking us through the drama in a musical way instead of just hearing the nails, you know? Yeah. So tell us where it starts. Act one is where. Okay, so it's really interesting. I felt like I wanted to come up with some kind of a mechanism for to tell the story. Why tell the story of Jesus? Well, it's a great story. It's an awesome story. But a lot of people know the story. But why tell it again? Why tell it in a new setting? And so it felt like I, if I could come up with a, a, a reason to tell the story on stage. So what I did is I came up with this kind of uh, fictional setting, which was John the Beloved. 30-something years after Christ's death and resurrection, going into Jerusalem in the middle of the night because he now is one of Jesus' only uh, remaining apostles left alive. And he senses that the Christians there, um, are they going to be in danger? Like something bad is coming to the city. So prophetically, he sends word ahead and says, um, I'm coming to gather you and we're going to leave. So just be prepared for my coming. And then he's going, and that's kind of in the middle of the night. John goes in and starts knocking on doors, select doors of where he knows uh, certain Christians are, and he has them fanned out across the city. It's in the middle of the night. And so while he's doing that, he's m- also moving through the city, and up on top of a rooftop is an old Jew who's praying for the Messiah to come, that he's been praying this prayer for years and years and years. But he's to the point where he's exasperated. Like, Lord, if you're not going to send the Messiah, then just let us die. Because, you know, we've had this hope and it hasn't happened. And as he's praying, he notices uh, stuff going on down in the courtyard below. So he climbs down and he goes and he sees John, who happened to be one of his friends. And uh, this fictional character's name is Judah, the, the old man, the old Jew. Yeah. They were both disciples of John the Baptist 30-something years earlier. I love that you're saying he was fictional because I was trying to figure out who he was in the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it says it in the, in the preface. I and missed it also, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta so if you, read, if you read the four-page four preface, okay. then you kind of get it. Okay. But anyway, so he's, they see each other and they have this interplay. And John says, Judah, why are you here? And he says, I'm gathering the Christians. We need to, we're going to get out of here. Something bad's coming. And he says, oh, you're still, you know, believing. And anyway, so John says, if you would just let me tell you the story that you never heard. We were both with John the Baptist. He told us to follow Christ. You didn't. I did. You missed it. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you the story that you never heard. 
And so we go back in time, 60 something years to um, Mary's, Mary being visited by the angel. So that, so that gave me the, the, and then at the very end of the show, we find ourselves as, as the apostles are slowly being killed. John, the beloved, one of the left alive steps back into the courtyard. And now we're back in where we started the show. And there's he and Judah and Judah's got to make it. He's got to decide what he's going to do with what John just told him. And so do you have to decide. So Judah becomes all of us and what we're going to do with what we just heard, what we just felt as we went through this experience. It's so beautiful. I just wanted to say in the Ascension, this, the song is called Ascension. Mm-hmm. I loved the lulling of the orchestra. Like the, did you write the orchestra music? To mm-hmm. Kenneth Cope. I had to teach myself how to do it, and I had, I had started uh, learning how to arrange and orchestrate in the late ni- late nineties. So right when I started writing this, and over time, I think just Heavenly Father helped me figure out where the placing of things and the best voicings, and I just I don't know I. I I just had to teach myself this. It had to be done. What in the world? You know? I teach myself how to make banana bread. (laughs) (laughs) You're like writing orchestras. What? Oh, my word. I I really love that. I wanted to acknowledge that just the the way that was written, just I wrote brilliant is Mm. what it felt like Mm. because it pulled me. It just kept me right there. I thought it was so beautiful. Okay. So I have some questions for you then. Okay. So I want to say this 30,000 more times in our remaining. First of all, I want to know, how can someone buy this? How could someone gift this to someone? What a date night during Christmas or a family. Yeah. I'd, oh, where can they find it? So, yeah, it's really easy. Sonofmanmusical.com. Okay. And that's how people can get the product. And I believe that. Uh, Desert Book is also carrying it now. Okay. But um, just really simple, really easy, sonofmanmusical.com. We go to all these. I actually love Christmas concerts. <laughs> I love to go. I love Christmas music. I love all of it. But the idea of sitting in, in an intimate setting in my home with people that I love, making something yummy to eat before or to gather, and I just think it would be a beautiful way to spend one of your evenings in preparation for a celebration of mm. the Savior. We did that with my wife's parents. Really? We wanted them to hear it, experience it. Yeah. So we prepared a dinner. They're in their mid-80s. Yeah. And we sat down and listened to Act One. And had they had their experience with the first part. They looked through the book a little bit. We went and had a little dinner. And then we came back to Act Two. And so, yeah, it really is a... it's. Jesus wants to be with us. He wants us to feel him with us. And so this is this just is another means. We get it through the scriptures. We get it through all kinds of ways. But this is just another means of making that invitation. Jesus wants, the word. this is a big word in your world, wants connection. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Like that is an invitation for connection. So, to sit down and spend two and a half to three hours of just letting Jesus' spirit, Jesus who he is, f- pour out upon us. I'm, I, I believe that if you will do that, if you will take that invitation, that that will happen to you, that Jesus' spirit will come. 
Okay. Well, first of all, you just won podcasting guest of the month for bringing in connection with the Savior just the way you did. You're so right. He is this, he's constantly saying, come Come and connect with me. Come to me. I want to know you. I want you to know me. Yeah. Come closer. He has to reveal himself to each of us or we won't know him. That's the only way we can know him is if he reveals himself. So, and he has to do that with all of us. So he he really desires that. I I'm curious because I I wanted to um I wanted to know how much of this is script like actual just lines of scripture and then also lines that because there's just in the song Grace to Grace, I won't sing it, just don't be afraid <laughs> of that. Don't be scared. But this language, these words to this most beautiful language, but it's Mary, right? Speaking about both, both or Joseph, 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 Joseph and, and Mary. Mary. Yeah. And they're saying, who can teach him? <laughs> yeah, this is Mary taking, speaking to Joseph. Won't you teach him? Who can teach him in the law he gave to Moses? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who can shine for him the light he gave the world? That he's already given, but now he's here as a child. Yeah, and we so gotta, humbling. And we've got to teach him. Yeah. And so that was, a, I'm sure that was a fear uh, or a responsibility that she and he felt of how do we do this with the Son of God? You know, my daughter, she has three children. And she, um, I think she had just two at the time. And she's like, you know, Mom, I realized that it was a conscious choice by you to teach us about Jesus. That doesn't just happen. So I'm realizing, like, if I don't teach my kids, they won't know. Right. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly it. So when you said that, I thought, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine for Mary and Joseph? Go and, ahead. and it goes back to Jesus. If he doesn't reveal himself, then you won't know him. But he so wants he, to reveal he, well, he wants to. That's what I'm saying. That's this, all this invitation for connection. Yeah. But we have to chase after him. We have to do we the have work. To open the door. Right, he's at the door knocking. Right, we have to keep opening the door. So listen to these words. I just, I honestly, this song alone was just so, so tender. Who can teach him? Won't you teach him? Step by step, all the all in time. Learn your words, shape your faith, find your truth, mark his word ways. Thank you. Search his love. Seek his face, grace by grace. That just comes to you? Well, I mean, I have to work. God makes me work. He lets me work hard. It doesn't, I don't just sit down and write a song in an hour. I mean, it's overtime. He works with me the way, what we, how you just read those words. Those words, that's how he works with me. Line upon line, little here a little there. And as I gather that little and put it in there and I'm working on 10 or 12 or 15 songs at the same time, I'll go back to this one and see where it's at and see what's coming, what's happened to me over the last week, two, three, four weeks, as I've thought about where I'm at in this whole journey with Christ and his his life or whatever. And then I'll have another idea. And I, I just write the ideas down and God helps me craft it. It's, it's, I mean, I, he makes me work and we all have to do that. That's, that's really interesting to me because my least favorite thing is sitting down to write. I, I, w- I could talk to you all day and love it, but to sit down and write, it feels like work. I don't like, I, don't, I guess I don't like work is what I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You asked if it was scriptural. 
like if the words are scriptural. Yeah, I, I know that, I know that much this, of it is. Yeah, I've really worked hard to create the scriptural words in a non-scriptural way. So it feels, it feels conversational. It needs to feel, because that's what mu- musical theater is. Um, maybe opera is not as much, or I don't know, you know, yeah. but um, this, this is musical theater, and so it needs to feel conversational. And so, like, especially like the song about Nicodemus, um, Born Again, where Jesus is telling him, you must be born again, you must, and all that stuff. But he, I've tried to do it in such a way where you know, you as you read it, go like, this is from John chapter 3. Yeah. But it's done in such a way where it, it doesn't feel like it's right out of there. Like it, it's, it's got it's not more King convers- James version. It's got more conversation in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a feeling that I had that I needed to do, that it needed to be that way. Yeah. I think God speaks to us in our language mm-hmm. and in a way that we hear and understand. And this feels like it's more in our language. Good. Does that feel yeah. true? Yeah. Okay. Feels good. Okay. So 24 years is a long time. And you've been singing about the Savior before that. Yeah. But I am curious, just specifically in the creation of Son of Man, the musical, what have you learned about Jesus Christ. It's just, again, it's line upon line. It's a little here, a little there. It's just more and more. I just feel like the more time I spend with him in my thoughts, in my creation, in my searching the scriptures, the more real. And it's not that he doesn't feel 50% real or anything like that. He's completely real. I mean, I have my... I have my connection with Jesus Christ, and but I'm talking about a person like I'm talking about a friend, like I'm talking about my wife, like I'm talking about a family member that I know, that knows me, that I've had interaction with, that I've communicated with. That is the feeling. Mm. And it's only increased over time. And it just, I feel like this little boy, I, I kid around because I've written another song called Gethsemane, but I, 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 I feel like a little boy that would probably have been following him around in heaven. Like he's on his, he's doing his things for his father and he's going here and he's doing that. And I would just be like following just, around. Just, I'm the little boy <laughs> wanting to, you know, mm-hmm. where are you going? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, and that's the love, the admiration. I mean, I adore him for his atoning sacrifice but it's more than that. It's I adore him for what he does for me today, how he helps me through temptation, how he strengthens me, how he encourages me. But it's more than that. It's he, My love for him is also based in this great desire that he, I believe he's given me, which is to be like him, to love like he loves, to pause with people the way he would pause, to... Do you know what I'm saying? I like, do. Like, he's planted in me this amazing love for him and this adoration to be like him. So that's just only grown. So what what have I learned more about Jesus Christ? I mean, it could go on and on. I've learned that he's God. This is a really interesting thing, Christy, because in our faith tradition, we don't really talk about Jesus as being God. Because mm-hmm. when we say God, we think of Heavenly Father. But over and over again in the scriptures, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Bible, he says, I am the Lord, your God. I'm the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth. I'm the God of the land. I'm the God of nature. 
And so it's, it's, I think there's something there that we're supposed to discover. And I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with the Lord right now in prayer and scripture study to, to have that mystery unfolded to me. The mystery of what he means by I am. Yeah. God. Why, and because he's not just saying I am God in, in a vacuum. He's not secretly saying it and Heavenly Father no. doesn't know he's yeah. saying it. <laughs> he's only saying it because God says, I want you to tell them who you are. Yeah. And he says it freely. And he says it freely over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And so mm-hmm. what am I supposed to learn from that? He's not just my savior. He's the Lord, my God. What does that mean to me? And so I'm just, I don't know. That's, that's something I'm working on. And there's a lot of things like that that I'm working on. And I believe the more time I spend with him, the more he'll reveal that to me. I really love that. Um, I recorded a podcast with a gentleman named Matt Galland, and he loves nature. Because when you said God of nature, mm-hmm. does it really say that? Yeah. How do I not know that? <laughs> I love that. I was asking him about nature and how do you feel when you're in nature? And he said, you know, I just realized that if I wanted to know something about Van Gogh, I would, and I, I went, I went to his museum every day for so many years. I'm going to know Van Gogh. I'm going to know him because I've been in his creations Mm. every day. And so when you said God of nature, I was like, yeah, that's one of the ways we can get to know him. There's so many, all, all the different ways you describe. I just think there's so many, like there's all these invitations, all these ways. He said, come unto me. And we're like, well, I'm not really comfortable there. Or I don't, I don't know. It's not really me. Instead of who is he? And I will go wherever he is. Mm-hmm. I will go there. I don't know. It's a thought I had as you were saying that. That's great. He says, I created all things. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. I am the father of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. I created all things. I created man. I created all men. <laughs> well, I thought Heavenly Father did. No, he's telling us about our physical bodies. He told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly. He didn't say your parents. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is taking credit for our bodies, maybe so they resemble our spirits. Hmm. I don't know. But that's another, this other huge connection that we could have with him. Like you might not like your body. Maybe something about it you don't like, right? Yeah. What did he have to do to that? And how do I connect with him and understand his purposes? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like he is God. He is like in all of it. Yes. And and just like, I love how you brought it, you might not like your body, just like with Christmas, where we've made Christmas about gifts and about trees and lights and we've, our attention has been diverted. It is the same with our bodies that we, we think our bodies should look a certain way or, you know, they have to be a certain way for them to be acceptable instead of God created this body mm-hmm. and how can I treat it and love it in like the giver of from the giver of this gift. We're like going to be like, eh, could have done a little better. Could <laughs> You know, I don't know. Yeah. That, that feels really beautiful to me as well. And Jesus is that God yeah. that created yes. that body. 
And he's going to create, recreate it in a perfect, where you, there won't be anything you don't like about it yeah. when you're resurrected. But for now, what, what can it do for me? How can it help me in this relationship with him? How can I, with gratitude, yeah, use it exactly. to come to know him yeah. better? It's beautiful. Okay. What did you learn about you, Kenneth? As, as you've studied the Savior, what have you learned about you? I'm a believer that when we come to know the Savior, we can see ourselves more clearly. We, we have clearer vision. We're able to understand how we affect other people. We're able to recognize that our value, our worth. I, don't, I just think the, the more we know who he is, the easier it is to see. So I'm curious. I've struggled. Okay, here's a con- here's a, a confession. I've struggled throughout my life since a child with shame. Yeah. Again, I'm not talking about guilt. No, you know, I know. You know what know I'm talking right about. What you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And the, it's, a, it's the feeling a, of a lack of worth or value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like something's wrong. Like with I'm me. not enough. Something's somewhere. wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting thing to have to feel that you know in. But Jesus, the more I've spent time with him, the more I realize that I am beloved. That I don't have to be everything that I want to be, that little boy that wants to be like him, that I don't have to be that right now. That in my brokenness, in my fallenness, in my weakness, in my humility, in my honesty, I can just try really hard to be useful to him. That fills me with joy. I know he loves me. I know that he's going to change me into his image. But right now, it's okay to be broken. Right now, it's okay to be fallen. He'll take care of it, but he'll use me. A lot of my music is, is sung to, you know, to broken people. It's, it's sung to people who are fallen. It's, and I believe that God, can, that God can reach the broken through the broken more powerfully than he can the whole, trying to reach the broken. So... Jesus comes to earth and is broken and shattered and crushed and now can have, he's the greatest source of consolation and compassion and love. So I have to look at myself that way. And I believe that as I've come to know Jesus more, I'm going to accept myself in my present state as I'm trying to help him with his work. Because if I can put a smile on his face, then that's, that's payment enough. If you want to call it payment, do you know what I mean? (laughs) I do. I loved your music, but Kenneth, I love you more today for just acknowledging I have these gifts and I also have these weaknesses. Oh, yeah. And that is human. That's human. And I think where we get all confused is when we think we shouldn't be human. We shouldn't have strengths and weaknesses. Thank you for speaking of that because I'm guessing, well, everyone who's emotionally aware knows they have. They have, at some level, some of those feelings as well. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and everyone in the show, except for Jesus, has those. You can like hear Peter it all throughout. And Mary, they're all struggling with things. Yes. And could I have written Peter's anguish or Mary's anguish or feelings of mm-hmm. wanting to wanting to hide, wanting to disappear, wanting to have the rocks fall on them? If I hadn't felt that myself, I mean, I think it's important. That's a really good connection. Thank you. 
And you can, I could feel that. That was one of the notes that I took in the book is, um, where did you find the language? And that feels sweet to me that you're like, oh, I found it from my own experiences. Mm -hmm. That's really, really beautiful. My dad passed away 27 years ago. Oh, You know, your, your, your father died just recently in the last yeah. week or so. My dad passed away 27 years ago. And I say that I haven't heard from him since. Um, and some people, I guess they have a connection like that. They feel their loved one, whether, whether worshiping in the temple or in their home, kind of watching them or close to them. They have a sense that that loved one is still close by from time to time or whatever. I've not, I've not had that experience. I've, I haven't heard from my dad since. Hmm. Um, my brother, Brian, uh, died 21 years ago when he was 40. Oh, Kenneth, that's a lot and of so, And I haven't heard from him since. But Jesus died 2,000 years ago. And I have heard from him again and again. And I testify to you. I give my witness. Here's all these great people in the show that are giving their witnesses. I give my witness that Jesus has talked to me, that he's a real being. And he's the God of the earth, the God of our salvation, the God of our creation, the God of our strength, the God of our ransom, the God of our perfection. Jesus is all these things, and he he died, he atoned, he did that. It's done. But he's not done. He's Now he's doing other things today, and those things are what his, he is interacting with us and strengthening us and changing us and nurturing us. And sometimes we don't even know it, but you can know it, and you can feel him, and that's the being he is, and Heavenly Father has put him in charge of saving all of his children, and Jesus is going to do that. Mm. So I just give my witness. So, so beautiful. I just went to lunch or to dinner a couple of nights ago with a friend who's, she's around my age in her fifties and her husband just passed away a couple of weeks ago. And we were, and, and, and our other friend that was with us, her husband passed away 20 years ago. And we were talking about how it feels unfair <laughs> when someone says, oh yeah, I felt my mom or I felt my dad or I felt my husband. And they're like, where is mine? <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. I've, I've said four or five times, it's, this podcast won't come out until closer to Christmas, but I've said, Dad, I'm here. Like, or, you know, I went to the temple last night. I'm here. Where are you here? Mm. I just want him. I want that experience. But as you said that today, like Christ is here and he's with Christ. So carry on. Mm. <laughs> Connect with Christ. Thank you for sharing that. Isn't that a great feeling to know that your loved one is with Christ? Yes. Yes. I f then I feel ripped off about that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is glorious to know that. Thank mm. you. Mm. I talk a lot on this podcast about getting professional help, about validation, about surrendering what we can't control. I want to be very clear. I have no doubt that Jesus Christ that tiny babe who was born to that tiny mom, mm. that young mom. You just have to be a mom to know how completely intimidating that is mm. to have another human brought into your life and you're responsible. I have no doubt that Jesus Christ is the greatest counselor. He is the ultimate validator and listener, and he is able to hold anything that we're willing to give him. We are spiritual beings. I've seen that in a way that I've never 
before, as I, as I walked into my dad's hospital room shortly after he passed away, his body was there. His spirit was gone. It was a remarkable learning experience for me. So the podcast name is Do the Work. Instead of just like hoping that our life works out, that we're actually working every day to learn, grow, and progress. And so what's one thing that someone could take away today from our podcast? We talk about family and the importance of parents giving time to their children. Like time is so crucial. Just time to sit down and laugh and giggle or read a book Mm -hmm. or listen or talk or in a drive or go get an ice cream. Time. I would invite whoever's listening, just give Jesus some time. Mm -hmm. Give him your time. It doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to, you know, go to the library and check out every book about Jesus or whatever. You don't have to spend hours and hours a day in the scriptures if you have some time to do that, it's it's very rewarding. But just give Jesus some time. Just think about him. You can't think about Jesus for very long and not get revelation. It's just, that's the way God set up the plan. The plan. And so I would invite people to just give him time and watch if he doesn't reveal himself to them, to you, little by little by little, like he, like he knows he has to do. Thank you. I would suggest they do exactly what you said. I love that. Thank you, Kenneth Cope, for coming today. Thank you, Christy. It's been such a pleasure to visit with you. My honor to be with you. You'll have many choices in your day and in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.